A few years ago, on a cold January morning, I walked into my study and opened the Bible to the book of John with no intentions of writing this volume of poems. For the last few weeks, I've been frustrated by my writing. And so my intention on this morning was to read the Bible for its own sake. I keep pens, paper, uh, my computer at arm's length and nourish my soul with the word of God. The opening chapter of John has been my favorite passage for a long time. So I instinctively turned there and read John 1, 1, which reads, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him nothing came into being that has come into being. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. This passage has always struck me as particularly mystical, uh, which is one of the reasons I find it so fascinating. But this time around, I considered something else. To my left in the book were thousands of pages about the creation of mankind, instructions for worship and obedience, the rise and fall of empires, the evolution of culture, all leading up to this moment. And what John gives us at the apex of the scriptures is something very elemental, a distinction between the characteristics of darkness and light. And so my hand reached for the pen and paper, and I wrote the following line. Roaring down the roads of our centuries comes Melchizedek carrying fire. I began this volume of poetry by accident, and it eventually turned into a full series. Over the next 60 days, my 5 a.m. mornings turned into an obsession with the imagery and themes of John. I worked through the book verse by verse, lingering on odd details and approaching the text as an artist rather than as a believer. At the end of those 60 days, I realized that I'd created a project that I did not know was within me. The following pages are admittedly strange. As someone who tries to live within the love of Jesus, I don't really know what to make of them, and I doubt readers will either. This is not an evangelical book. It cannot be. The point of view shifts dramatically from poem to poem and often shifts within the poem itself. But three prominent themes begin to appear as I work through the chapters. The first is a sense of fatalism. The disciples are subjected to his rule seemingly without choice. They appear to be chosen at the dawn of creation. And this does not mean that I believe people are chosen for salvation while others are chosen for damnation. But I do believe God chooses specific people for specific roles in the narrative that is unfolding. And oftentimes to be chosen by God is to be marked for death and suffering. And the second Related to that is the severity of following Christ. Almost everyone associated with Jesus of Nazareth faces a brutal and humiliating death. If they live, their life is filled with misery and pain. And yet, this is still preferable to living in the darkness, because there is the promise of an age to come. Christ does not come to unify mankind, but to split them down the middle like a sword. Some branches grow, some don't. The final is that dustmen must leap for their eyes. This is the final line of the book. 
The idea of dustmen is taken from John 5, where he describes beggars who lie on the ground beside a pool, waiting for angels to stir up the water, and then they will race and jump in first and hope to be healed. I hope you enjoy this book. I invite you to contact me with thoughts and questions at canawanbooks at gmail.com. That's C-A-N-O-W-A-N-B-O-O-K-S at gmail.com. This is Nazarene. Zero four zero one. Roaring down the roads of our centuries comes the king of Salem carrying fire, the high priest who has come to bless the nations gathered in the valley of Megiddo. Flames lick the darkness to reveal Jacob's deceit while Pharaoh makes midwives murderers. Behold all of the post-flood children, slaughtering one another not for bread but for power. On the road he passes a serpent on a stick. Father, forgive us for we know exactly what we do and do exactly what we know. Aren't you the one who gave us this disease? Further still is Samson's appetite for flesh, a concubine carved into twelve pieces and distributed to the sons of Jacob, who feast and behold the mirror of their souls. Around the bend are collective cries for a king, a spear soaring at the boy playing harp, Uriah pushed to the front of the battle lines. Tell me if it would be better to die or live in the care of foreign kings, you who were born from captives and you who shall remain captives. Melchizedek carries his fire towards the Jordan, passing by crowds of leaping dustmen. Pick me, O king of Salem. We long for salt, water, blood in the chalice, and all of this to distinguish the difference between dark and light. 0402 With 400 years to craft the forerunner from the dust of creation, the word presents John the baptizer who haunts the river with a song of repentance. Come all who must be cleansed. Come all who are ready to touch the face of God. Come all who have dog blood in your veins. Like father and grandfather, he is nothing to behold. A man who comes from wild places and eats locusts dipped in honey while dunking his acolytes under the waters of the Jordan River. If you do not see him, it is because God neglected to give you eyes. Line up on this side, all of you who were never expected to bear fruit off the vine. Line up on this side, all of you who have received the subatomic elements. The baptizer cannot recall his name when questioned by the authorities, who suspect this defector has come to disrupt the minds of the docile. The people groan to forfeit a tenth of their labor, a tenth of their hearts and minds to the dying king, who stands head and shoulders above the others. Oh, to see him crouch in fear when his name is called. Oh, to forget that kings of war fall on their own swords when all is lost. At the appointed hour, the baptizer points at the Nazarene to say, Behold the king who cannot die, the king who demands all of you. 0403 The raven leaves the master's hand and flies back and forth over the seas, but the dove discovers the branch on the new earth. Hope that perhaps this time will be different. No more bashing brothers with stones. No more incessant inclinations towards evil. No more regret from the maker of us. In time, the water abates and the earth is reborn without the stain of Cain's transgression. 
the blood washed clean from his hands, apple skin washed out of Adam's teeth, crowns washed off the head of evil kings. Now the dove descends upon the Jordan to indicate the olive branch is found here, in the craftsman who is named Branch. Lift your eyes if you have them. Gaze into the ancient mysteries, the symbols rising out of the seven days never ending. The wandering dove lands upon the one who takes away the sin of the world. He who is the new heaven and new earth, the lamb, the dove, the branch. See all of you who are soaking wet with belief. This man, O baptizer, the craftsman. The baptizer says, I am but a raven seeking that which has now been found. O four O four. In the corridors of time, Nathaniel is placed at the foot of a fig tree, planted not to give shade to the weary or fruit to the hungry, but for him to sit beneath and be seen. Sit for a million years, if you don't mind, while kingdoms rise and fall, in the sight of the word who spoke man, tree, kingdom into being. What filled your mind in the days of waiting, my Nathaniel? And what do you make of your hands? This tree was grown for you. The hour arrives when the word appears to say, I saw you sitting under the tree. At once you understand time is no longer moving the direction you always believed it should. And your life is ended by a choice made when water and land were divided, when seed-bearing plants were told to grow. There is no more sitting, just walking into the jaws of death. The fig tree traded for a road leading you to India, to a cross, to your own corpse hanging without skin. 0405 Tell us, O Nazarene, why you made sure they were the ones to see you first. The servants carrying wine to the guests, the dustmen baptized in the river, the shepherds on a hillside by night, the boys who cast their nets into the sea. Mother Mary, he knows and says, listen and do whatever he tells you to do. Go ahead and make a mockery of the water used to purify us from our inherited diseases. Isn't that the story we're sticking to? Oh, Nazarene, tell us why you are revealed at a wedding instead of a funeral. When it has become clear that all who dare to look upon your face discover they have been marked for the scorn of nations, of kings, of fathers who say no son of mine will fill his imagination with fairy tales about God. Floods, crosses, water magically turning to wine in Cana. Lift your cup with me, O bride and groom, because the wine is tasting better and better. But won't someone tell the bride she is not drinking wine, but is drunk on the blood of the one who holds a cup up to his side? Drink both water and wine until you are full. Drink from the cup offered by he who cannot die for long. 0406 Darling, someone attacked the temple with a whip, and to make matters worse, he escaped. Dove, what good would it do to whip stone walls? Oh, darling, I'm famous for being vague when hysterical. I should clarify, a zealot ran into the market and sliced up the livestock handlers and money changers, slicing them up and cracking the air to frighten children. Dovey dove. These zealots are going to get us crucified if we don't put a stop to their wayward fantasies. I say enough is enough. Darling, this was no zealot but the revolutionary who thinks he can be a craftsman one day and the king of the Jews the next. A maniac among maniacs, and consider fishermen are following him from town to town. 
hanging on his every word as if he's dove a dove, as if he's what? Don't say the Messiah or I'll choke on my lunch. Every so often one of these types pop up, but in time they're exposed as charlatans, magicians. Darling, my darling, he whipped up the place saying it was his father's house. Can you imagine? And darling, did he make a real mess or what? The tables are flipped, the sheep are lost, the coins scattered. The sellers fled for safety. My dovey, what more proof do you need that he's only a rabble-rouser? No Messiah would attack us for spreading out lambs and gutting them to wash over our transgressions. Darling, how could the temple be his father's house unless he's claiming to be the son of God? 0407 With a collective dream, the earth is moved and stacked with stones that embody hope. The deepest kind of hope inherited from Mother, who wandered around the desert chasing fire and dark clouds, as instructed by the old man who spoke face to face with God on the mountain. The collective dream manifested over 46 years in the form of a building constructed under strict orders not to divert from the Creator's plans. And 46 years go by with men hammering under the sun, under slavery, under siege, to the sound of Mother's collective dream echoing in their ears. Until the day the Nazarene attacks the manifestation with a whip and says he's going to tear it down and rebuild the dream in three days. And the earth, compelled by the word, moves. What madness is brought upon us by his arrival? What great dreams shall be torn down the moment we follow, through the gate and onto the road of return, to the land where four rivers meet, the road from which we cannot return? Children, the gate is narrow because so few are willing to walk through it. Hey, thanks for listening to Nazarene. If you would prefer to read this book rather than hearing me read it, uh, you can go to Amazon and buy a copy for yourself. Just search Craig Cunningham Nazarene. It should show up. You can also go to my website, craigscunningham.com, and you'll find what you're looking for there. Thanks so much. Let's get back to Nazarene. 0408. To be born again suggests life and death and time must be redefined in our minds. Push forward into the mystery, Nicodemus, for only there will you find what swallows you whole. There you will extend your hand into a fire and discover your only reward is death. Where are you, O Christ, but standing before me saying, I must be born again? Not all minds are able to deal in ancient symbolism, and the Nazarene isn't interested in hand-holding the masses towards the solution of his puzzles. How can a man my size fit through a birth canal? Tell me, O Nazarene, because I'm truly interested. Otherwise, I wouldn't have risked my life for you. Tell me what might befall my reputation, my job, my possessions, the collectibles under my bed, were I to be born again. Have you any idea what I've suffered, all the words I've memorized? Open your clutched hand, Nicodemus, for what you hold most dear is what you owe. O Nazarene, tell me the other way to inherit the kingdom. In words I can lay flat on the table for examination, not like this, not by offering me a metaphor, not by handing me a cup of blood and water. On the river, when the baptizer says, sink, Nicodemus says, but why? Take off your hood, O teacher of Israel, and dip your face in the light. 
0409. Across the river is the Son of Man, but beyond him, on the horizon, is the prison that opens a door to thee, a dancing whore at a birthday party, bloodlust of mommy and weakness of daddy, the sharpness of a blade through his neck, his head presented on a platter like a rack of lamb, a cohort of followers who acquire his corpse and bury it without a head attached. The same cohort now comes questioning whether the baptizer is being overshadowed by the bridegroom, the word, the dove. What else can happen when joy is full? Remember, sons of Bethany, the raven returns with nothing, but the dove returns with life. Children, soon you will see that all who follow closely are not given keys to golden palaces, but are presented before the owners of palaces for sport. Even now I see where the road leads and that I am already walking in the direction of the river. I hear the chorus on the horizon singing, Joy means knowing how the story ends. And time is not moving the direction you think. Zero four one zero. The hour binds him to a well in Samaria. Rest your walking feet, my lovely lord. They'll watch your back in the land of curs. Curs who lured Dinah into her lasting shame. Curs who turned their eyes from Shechem's sin. Yes, yes, of course you may seize her hand, but don't mind when the sons of Jacob storm the town and cut your wicked sleeping throats. Don't mind when you are judged for father's sin for the next 10,000 years. The unfortunate truth is cur puppies wrestle beneath the table for crumbs that will not fall, that cannot fall. Here is the place Jacob sunk his hands into the earth and dug until finding water, the water of life. What a relief the sons of Shechem are dead. What a relief that for centuries to come our father Joseph will have a place to lay. Put the sarcophagus in the ground, O family. This is his inheritance, a blood field and a well. What a relief this is no longer a land of curs. Now, the Nazarene waits for the sons of Shechem, the dead rapist, the woman who arrives at six, for he is bound by the hour and so is she. 0411 Just as the fig tree was planted for Nathaniel, so were five husbands conceived and birthed in Samaria, so they might claim the lifeblood of Photine, briefly, in marriage, one after another taking handfuls of her soul with them whenever they fled for a better woman, a grander chance to make more money, a finer pasture, with great thick sheep to shear and sell their wool. Five husbands also the wandering Nazarene can prove he has known her before the stars were spoken across the skies. If the Nazarene sets his sights on you, which tree might grow over your head? Which diseased king might make you a gift? To win a smile from the dancing whore, which nation might add you to the collective of expendable millions gathered for prison, shoved into the boxcar or the desert grave? Which husband might rip out your heart? She is seen and heard, now she goes and tells children who do not know that they, too, are worthy of his enduring love. 0412 O oh, Nazarene, you wish to break the elements that keep us alive, the sustenance needed to stack up our years of suffering in silence. 
All we ask is for pyrite crowns and a mouthful of mud, a little money to build the machine of our choosing in case we, we wish to drag the border forward, another inch at our king's demand. Instead, you lead us to a table with bread, wine, salt, water, the subatomic elements meant to sustain us through time's corridors. Children, do you hear what I'm telling you? Or have you been mesmerized by the age in which you live? Do you remember yet? Death is the revelation you keep hidden in your cloak until we are willing to sit with you a while, to endure your questions, to go crazy at the symbols, to tell the truth, to hear you say that you are the Messiah. Persistence, then revelation, then a quick and brutal death at the strike of your hand. 0413 The word begins to speak of the word that needs no signs and wonders to be true. One clan of the blind need not their sight to believe the Nazarene who carries fire from place to place, burning kingdoms down. There in the ashes he offers a cure to thirst before moving through the mysteries of time and still another clan of the blind descend upon him clutching their eyes we're blind we're blind turn that pot of water into wine again or make the goat into a braying donkey or give this dustman his arms eyes and legs damn your ancient symbols just do the tricks so we can be sure to believe you this time beloved nazarene prove who you truly are the Nazarene obliges the masses, except which miracle occurred at Fotine's well? Dead boys rise on a word spoken from faraway places. <laughs>